Um, this morning, we have obviously had a difficult, amazing, awesome, tough, all the words you could use to describe the past two or three weeks. Um, I know the family obviously has, but, um, but it, was, it was an amazing time, and I was so thankful. I, uh, I think it was this past Sunday, I got up with um, Jonathan, and he was just talking about, he was like, man, he was so hyped, and he was like, I'm so excited to be a part of this time like to be a part of this historical moment, you know, and, and I think that the overriding uh, spirit of this past weekend was that of, of joy, you know, that of thankfulness, of celebration, thankfulness that we all are in contact with each other through a man that, that uh, said, yes to, said yes to Yahweh and brought us all together, and also just excitement and joy for the fact that yeah, Apostle Ball is is in a is in an amazing. I don't want to say he's in a better place like that kind of thing, but you know what I'm saying. Like his spirit, he's he's there with the Father, and it's awesome, and it and it propels us into greater days. But because of all of that, because of everything that we went through, I think that right before um, kind of all of that went down, Yahweh Holy Spirit had revealed some revelation to this house. Um, that I think that we need to highlight and remember because I believe it's something to kind of stand as a foundation to propel us into some greater things. So I want to, um, this morning, first uh, just highlight, remember, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Somebody help me. Review. Review kind of some of the stuff that we talked about two weeks ago, I believe, and um, and then uh, pull a couple more things out from that story, and then from there we'll jump into some other things, okay? Cool. So this is what I wrote um, whenever some of this revelation was coming as it pertains to the transition of thrones from David to Solomon. And um, this is kind of what I wrote right in the very beginning. I think it sums up in a paragraph everything that we talked about, and I think it'll, it'll be good and quick and we can move on. Okay, so 1 Kings 3 recounts the transition of the throne of David to that of his son Solomon. From the beginning of his reign, Solomon understood that he was missing something, something that had not been and could not have been passed down to him from his father. Solomon's success as king resulted directly from his ability to see his father David as a priest or a face-to-face worshiper. This is clearly evident in 1 Kings 3.7 when Solomon referenced an in-and-out lifestyle in which he knew his father walked in. Though he did ask for wisdom and understanding, I believe that 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 request was never the aim. Rather, it was birthed from the recognition and awareness of David's ability to enter into a secret place with Yahweh and the impact that that had on David. We must look past our assumed natural needs to then turn our focus on the supernatural manifestation of Yahweh's presence in our lives. Only then will we be permitted to see and receive all that we could ever ask for or need. Yahweh granted Solomon that which he had requested not to bless David, but rather to bless Solomon's response in a time of need. You remember we said, um, just to make that clear, you know, all up until that point of Solomon being blessed and Yahweh fulfilling what um, Solomon had asked for, Solomon recognized that everything Yahweh was doing, even up to him being seated on the throne, was all for David. So that's what I'm saying here, is that at that point in time, this was his first request that, um, that I believe Yahweh was blessing Solomon rather than just based on David. So Solomon was blessed with a greater degree of wisdom and understanding, though he already walked in wisdom and understanding. Yahweh is not calling this people based on where we have been or what we have walked in, though that is what granted us permission to approach this day. Recognition or remembrance of what was, good or bad, should propel us into a thankful heart of what is or what surely will be. First Thessalonians 5.24, He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Do what? It. What is it? Whatever he calls us to. Yeah? So, I want to, uh, I want to pull out a couple things from this story. <clears throat> Man, it feels like just dry in here today. I almost like wish that I just had that little thing going the whole time. Um, but we'll get there. Um, so, um, the, the first thing I want to pull out of this story is 
the response. This is one of the most important things, I think. I think that uh, we say this a lot, but um, we're talking about the day of trouble and the condition of your heart, your, the, the position of your heart in a day of trouble, in a, de- in a time of need, uh, it dictates the, the condition of your heart after that. You know, wh- what you walk into after. And I believe that Solomon's response is what gets Yahweh. You know, his, his, it says that, uh, that Yahweh was pleased with his response. He was pleased with his words, the things that he chose to ask for in that time of need. And if you put yourself in Solomon's shoes at that moment, you think about where he was. He was, he said himself, he was a child. And he also, he also was taking up one of the greatest thrones of his day. And he was having to lead a people and he recognized that he had no idea what to do. He had no idea where to go from here. His back was against the wall, so to speak. And, um, and I think that it's, it's, it's very important to see how, his, how he responded, that he was able to elevate himself above that situation and, and recognize what he needed to do, what he needed to ask for, because it was so easy for him in that time to say, listen, let's get a quick fix, kill all of my enemies, Give me long life and I'll be good. But rather he recognized, he recognized what it was that his father walked in prior to him and what gave him the ability to conquer all the, you know, armies beforehand. So um, the response, and I think that, you know, I had the, the privilege of watching my man, Chris, who doesn't look like he's, is he in here? Where is he? Is he already gone? Chris fought in an MMA fight, if you guys saw this, and really, I just want to bring this up. I don't know how relevant it is, but it's awesome, and I, and I think about Chris, after he got done with his fight, he was talking about when he was going, and people were like, did you even get hit? Which he was like, yes, I got hit a lot, but he said that when he got hit, there was like, it was like as if something flashed in his eyes, and for a moment, it was just like ringing, and, it was, and, and he's just like, oh my gosh, and I think about that in a time, like you either fight through a moment like that, or you go down like me. I would have probably gotten hit and either if I wasn't unconscious, I probably would have just laid down and pretended to be unconscious so the ref would call the fight. I'm joking, but seriously, that's probably exactly what I would do. Um, but, but really, like the, the, the response in that moment, I think that there are so many times that we get in situations that aren't good, that are tough, that are difficult, that look like there is no way out. We feel like we've gotten hit. And there's a time where we, where we either say, like, faithful is he who calls you, who also will do it, and we put all trust and all knowing and all faith in him that calls you, or we decide to crumble and we look for natural things to, to, make, to make this situation, to get us out of this hole. And so I think that the most important thing to me, what speaks to uh, this story here and for us today is not necessarily just the transition. We talked about the responsibility. We talked about that it's on us. We talked about that we have to walk in an anointing that Apostle Ball walked in, that this thing is different now. We've talked about all those things, but I think that if you want something practical to pull from this story and what Yahweh's been showing me is it's about the response. How do you respond in your time of need? Who do you put your faith in? Where do you put your trust? Where does all of those things lie? Because if you, can, if you can transcend that moment, I believe that Yahweh can work with that. Like he can unlock some things. And so that brings me to the second point, which is I said Solomon walked in, in, in wisdom and understanding, though that was the thing that he asked for, right? Like he recognized, he did recognize that there is a uh, that, that David walked in this in and out lifestyle, that he knew how to find the secret place, that he strengthened himself in the Lord. He knew all of those things, but he also, he also asked, actually asked for wisdom and understanding, wisdom or understanding, depending on what your Bible has. But, um, but so this is, what's crazy to me is I was thinking about this story and I've, I've tried to go back and read. You know, I, I think that we, Many times read something, we get a revelation on it, we, uh, we, we hear someone share a revelation, and we, we fail to go back and steward that revelation. We fail to go back and say, like, 
what else is there, Yahweh? Like there might be more that I'm missing. I might have read it and I might have taken all of these notes on it. I might, I might know exactly what you're trying to speak to me. But until he releases you from that re- revelation, before he, uh, until he shows you something new and gives you direction, like don't move on from that. See what else he has for you. And so like when I go back and I've read this thing and, I, and I'm just kind of like, Yahweh, what, what is this? What is this? One of the things that I saw is that, you know, Solomon obviously already walked in a, in a degree, at least, of wisdom and understanding. Wisdom and how he approached Yahweh in this time. Like we said, he's back is against the wall. He, he doesn't he doesn't, uh, he doesn't know how to handle his duties. He doesn't know what he's going to do. He's got Yahweh's people. He's going to have to walk in this thing. And his back is against the wall. He, he comes up. Have I said that yet? His back is, I think I've said that like 75 times in the past five minutes. I apologize. But he is in a moment of, of, of stress and, and uh, difficulty. And it would be very easy for him to say something other than, than approach or do something other than approach Yahweh. Because there's a lot of answers out there in people. There's other people he could go to. There's other people he could run to. There's natural sources that he could try to find a solution to. But instead of the solution, where did he go? The source. He went to the source immediately. So there was wisdom in Solomon already that he said, I will go directly to the source. I'm not going to allow myself to be swayed by natural things that might give me some good information, might have worked for them at one time, but this is a different day. There's a new anointing that I have to walk in, and the only way to get there is through Yahweh. The understanding that his father did the same thing. The understanding that it's not just because David was this great guy and this very capable person, though he might have been, he did not, he recognized that it's not about the fact that David was so great. It was that he had a key. He saw something that David walked in that he knew he couldn't get himself, but he could receive from the source. So he had, he had the wisdom and he had the understanding. And I believe it's evident in his approach. However, what he asked for was wisdom and understanding. And I believe that that spoke to Yahweh because what Yahweh desires for us, a lot of times, a lot of times, most times, we already have all of the things that we need locked up inside of us. Like really what Yahweh wants is not for us to, for him to just impart these new things. He wants you to get close enough where you can say, listen, I've got the key. I've got the key. Let me unlock some things in you. And I think that it's cool how Yahweh says, he, after, he, after Solomon had his response and what he said, what he said to him is he said, he said, yes, I, uh, I will, um, let me just read it so I don't mess this whole thing up. <clears throat> but he says, um, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart. So like, to me, yeah, he could have been saying like, I'm just, I'm responding to what you asked for. I'm giving you a wise and understanding heart. Or he's saying, listen, son, you have that. I put that in you from the beginning of time. And let me unlock a little greater degree of this, of this thing that you need, that you have. And, you know, I've been talking to Ben lately. And Ben, and ben I'm just going to share something that, you know, maybe he wants, doesn't care if I share. And maybe he does. And we'll, talk, we'll find out tomorrow, right? Like, but see, here's the deal is that Ben has been in this thing lately where he's like, you know, I, Yahweh's, Yahweh's really doing some things with him and showing him some different angles of himself. And he talks about being well rounded and, and doing some things. And I think that Ben, he's, he's taken this, and, and this is nothing new. He's told me this. He said this. These are his words. But he's, he's allowed, like, different things out there to kind of show him what that well-roundedness means. So he tries to, he's, he's thinking, like, maybe I should do it this way. Maybe I should do it this way. But what I told Ben the other day as we were, he's, he's like, you know, what do you think about that? I said, Ben, I think we need Ben. Like, I think that we need you to be a greater Ben than you even have ever walked in. Crazier, more wild, spinning around, flying higher, making things happen, prophesying. Like, we don't need another well-rounded someone come up here and like, well, I can preach. Here we go. If that was the case, I wouldn't be standing here, okay? Let me just say that. I wouldn't be up here. But Ben and you and whoever it is that is walking in this thing, like Yahweh just desires to unlock some things in us. And I think it's comforting. It's comforting for me to understand that everything that I need is right in here, like is right in this body with Holy Ghost, 
right? Like, and, and, and Yahweh, Yahweh is looking for us to walk in that relationship, the cool of the day, like Chris was talking about, in that garden relationship, not to just give us all of these things. Like he, before the beginning of time, he formed you in the womb. He gave you what you needed. Like you are who you need to be, but walking in relationship with him unlocks a degree that you've never experienced before and a confidence that you can walk in and knowing you are who you need to be for that moment in this time. Amen? The third thing that I think is crazy about this story is the final thing, and then we'll move into something different. <clears throat> but this is, kind of, this is kind of the plot twist. This entire experience that we've been talking about was a dream. The whole thing was an actual dream. And I don't know if it's from the fact that, uh, that Solomon had sacrificed so many. Like, it's funny, like, you think about... I was reading this earlier and I was thinking about the state in which Solomon was in and how he was like probably so maxed out and stressed. And it says like, um, it says now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there for that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. Like, so he's probably by himself, a thousand burnt offerings. He probably fell into a sleep after that because my goodness, he's just like sacrificing, sacrificing, sacrificing. So he's on this mountain and it says, at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And then if you go back over here to 15, it says, then Solomon awoke, and indeed it had been a dream. So what's the significance of that? I don't, I don't completely know. I'm just going to say what I think, and I'm going to continue to read this and, and just let it absorb into me. But to me, like, we've talked a lot. Like, the Bible references so many times a high place. It talks about you know, uh, mountains and, and meet me up here. And we talk, I know Apostle Aaron says a ton of times, he's talking about up here, up here, up here. And what I believe it is, is really elevating yourself above a circumstance. I think that in a moment like that, Yahweh wants to call you out of what you're walking in, what you're walking through, and just say, come up here with me. Come here, let me show you something, something that I can't show you in your current state. I walked in this morning... <laughs> I always look over at her whenever I'm about to tell a story and throw her under the bus, and I'm like, oh, catch this. I love you. Um, but, she, but she said, uh, but this morning, I was, I, we had uh, gotten ready, getting ready for church, and it's a great morning. We made some coffee. We have, you know, the music, little worship music playing, and it's just a, it's a good morning. I'm enjoying it. Got the boys ready. We're actually, usually we don't get to ride together to church because, you know, it's a nightmare getting them all ready and stuff. We're gonna, I, I keep looking at this. I'm like, I'm going to drink coffee, but there's hardly any way to do it. Um, anyways, but so we're getting ready. Worship music's playing. It's great. We have, I have Frank ready this morning. Leo's already ready. Eva's, Eva's gotten close to being ready. And I know like it's, it's coming time. Like the boys have to be here early for, you know, practice and so I just, I'm, I have Leo, I'm holding him, and Frank's playing in his room, and I walk into Eva's closet, and I'm just, you know, again, like, super happy, good mood, and I said, I said, hey, babe, um, are you ready? Are you, are you close to being ready? <laughs> like, oh, God. She turned at me, and she said, I just walked in here. No, I did not. Like, I'm not ready. Please, please just give me time. You can go ahead and leave. Like, that's fine. Go. It's fine. Whatever. And I was like, jeez. And I like take Leo. I'm like, oh gosh. Oh gosh. What did I just do? And I get out of there. Well, like 30 seconds later, here comes Eva. Hey, babe, I'm ready. Let's go. And I was like, you're ready? Like, you literally just ripped my head off for coming in and asking. She's like, no, I just said that I just had to get my shirt on. I was like, no, you did not just say that. That's all you had to do was get your shirt on. She's like, I'm sorry you caught me in a time of stress. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So if there's a depiction of a time of stress and where, why we can't operate in that, sometimes we do need to elevate ourselves above a current circumstance so that we can actually reveal what we truly feel. I'm sorry, and I love you. But I thought that was funny, and it worked with the story, so I went with it, all right? Got to work with all the material I can. <laughs> but, uh, and yeah, I love a lot of you laughing, like, oh, Eva's like that? Please, look in the mirror now, come on. I am too. Um, anyways, but I, I think that, that, so the mountain, when, when it says that he's on Gibeon, that he goes and he sacrifices and that, so he's, 
it's already in this, this moment he has come to a high place. He's come above his circumstances. He's gotten to this place where he is going to just be with Yahweh. Like get above this whole thing. Get above, uh, get above the situation he's in and he's going to, and he's going to uh, meet Yahweh there. Then I believe that when he is in a state of sleep, when he's sleeping, that this is a dream represents rest represents the, the rest of Yahweh. And what I think is really, really cool about this is that oftentimes we think, what is it that we need to do? Really, Yahweh just says, come to me. Meet me, because I desire to unlock those things in you more than you do. And even in your time of sleep, even if you can just come to me with rest and peace in your heart, like I will impart into you, even if it's in the middle of the night, when you are not aware of what you're doing, you understand that I've got this. Like, I just want your heart. I just want you to approach me with peace and rest and set yourself apart for a moment so that I can unlock these things within you. So I believe that that dream represented that in this moment, Solomon came to a high place and then could go to sleep in a moment like that. Come to a high place and still sleep in a moment like that. I think it's incredible and I think it's awesome. And it's obvious that what happened after that was the first situation where Solomon walked in great wisdom that kind of set the tone for his entire kingship, if you will. Like, so he wakes up. The f- one of the first situations he deals with is, is a, a situation where two mothers come in with one baby, um, and they're, they're both saying that it's their child. And Solomon says, bring me my sword. We'll separate this child, and one can have each, and we'll be settled. And they said, one jumped up and said, that sounds good to me. The other one said, absolutely not. Please give it to this mother. Just let him live. And Solomon said, that is, that's the mother. Give that baby to that mother. And it was, it set the tone. It was the thing. Immediately Solomon was recognized as a king of wisdom, a king of understanding, a king that they could trust and put all of their faith in, in a moment like this. And he he already had that. He was sleeping. He didn't really ask for all these things. Yahweh imparted it into him because he came up there. He came up here. He was separated himself in a moment like that. So is that good? You guys, does that, does that speak to you? Good. It speaks to me. So I want to uh, jump into something a little bit different here. It's, it's related, but it's not related. Um, I've been talking to Eva like from the moment that I uh, got in this place and I felt like I needed to bring a particular thing up, uh, something that's very obvious, but we, are, we have obviously been in a transition. Like we have, we've transitioned in a lot of ways, different things are changing. And, and our, before I even was called to this, Yahweh was speaking to me about this house and he said, and he said, we are vulnerable in the transition. Y'all probably heard me say that many times, like we're vulnerable in the transition. And what it is, is like you're uncovered, you're exposed. It's like from foxhole to foxhole. And I think that when you get into the other side of that transition, when you get there, one of the most important things is to start to lay that groundwork and to, to, to find your bearings and to know your truths and to, and to point yourself in the right directions and say like, this is what we carry with us. This is where we are right now. Here here are the tools, here are the things we believe, here's what we're established in, a reestablishment of some things. And this is going to, this, what I'm going to talk about today is about as obvious as it can be to a lot of you, especially if you've been a part of this house. But I think it's, it's important that I just bring, so I'm not trying to teach on this. I'm not trying to just share some amazing revelation. I'm simply, I want to highlight something that I think is, is, crucial to the secret place lifestyle, a tool, a gift that Yahweh has given us. And I think that I I mentioned it in passing one time and Yahweh hasn't let me let this go. Like it continually just eats away at me. And every single week I'm like, am I going to share on this? I believe that right now for some reason is the time. And this thing is something that we know very well. And that is the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues. And uh, what I want to what I want to start with what I feel like this this verse we're obviously going to be uh, reading out of Corinthians, but 
I believe that this verse here is what establishes kind of the foundation, kind of the, the, the go-to point, the reason for this tongues, for the reason for this gift, and that is Jude 1.20, and it says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And this has been my thing lately. Like, I don't, I don't know that there is a day or a moment that goes, well, a moment, but there's not a day that goes by that I don't exercise this gift. And I think the lack of understanding in this gift for a lot of people is what a lot of, is why a lot of us shy away from it. Not us, but people in general shy away from the gift of tongues. But I want to highlight what the purpose of, because, because the thing is, is that many of us possess knowledge of this thing. A, pretty much all of us activate that knowledge and we utilize the gift of tongues. But I believe that there's a purpose to this tool. There is a purpose to the utilization of praying in tongues and what that means to us for today. So I think it's, I think it's important, though we know someone who talked about this constantly, right? Like some of you might even be like, like literally, dude, like let us just listen to a tape and we'll be all right, you know? I got you, but I just want you to, I want you to understand, again, I'm just, I want to highlight this morning. I think it's important. I don't know why. I'm not going to try to understand why, but just track with me, okay? So 1 Corinthians 12 talks about, Paul talks about uh, the, the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit and tongues is in there, the, the gift to speak in tongues and unknown tongues. Uh, 13, chapter 13 would be like this, if that's, if 12's the, the gifts of the Spirit, I think 13 would be the spirit of those gifts, like that they, that is like the central theme or the purpose in those gifts, and it says, we'll read it, so 13, 1, 1 Corinthians 13, 1, it says, though I speak with the tongues of men and, and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understanding all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. So what is the theme? All you need is love. It's love. Love. We sang about it a lot this morning, which is hilarious to me because I say every single time, Chris and I, Emma and I, none of us talk. I mean, we talk throughout the week, but we're not sharing this kind of stuff. Like, I'm, they're not calling me like, so what's the theme of what? Because usually I'll be like, I don't know. We'll st- I'll tell you Saturday night or Sunday morning. Um, but but they, they sang a lot about love and the understanding of love. A funny story, again, uh, with Eva and I is when we were dating, we went into this, we went to this like boutique shop or something, and there was like, there was like a plaque up there. It was really pretty, and it said, uh, faith, hope, and love, or hope, faith, and love, the greatest of these is love. And Eva said, what do you, what do you think about that? And I, what she was asking me is, what do you think about the plaque? But what I took it as is my all-knowing is, what do I think about that uh, order of that? And I let her know. I said, I don't think that's right. I said, it's, it's, it's about your faith, which will produce the hope, and then you can love people. That's what I don't, I said something stupid like that, whatever. I was like, I, I don't think she goes, she was just sitting there letting me talk, and just, I just knew everything. I was going through it, and she just said, that's literally in the Bible. And I was like, noted. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, body slam there. Um, but but like there's there's something there's a verse in uh, in in uh, in earlier in Corinthians that says that says uh, love builds up and knowledge puffs up 
And I love how that says that because sometimes we walk in what we believe is knowledge because we've been told, but we don't see the end result. We don't see the purpose and the love. And I don't mean like, oh, let's just love, like to edify, to be who we are called to be, to, to walk in a secret place, to, to use this tool to build up, to understand who we are, that understand who he is, that he is a good father, that, that we are loved by him and that's who we identify. That's how we identify. And if we can identify with that, if that's what we're building ourselves up in our most holy faith, if that's what it's all about, then at the end of the day, we will be love. And, it, and it's, you know, sometimes I think as, as kingdom people who have walked in such, you know, uh, such strong truths and such, such purposed, you know, kingship as we talk about, like, I, I believe that sometimes it's good to recenter what we are called to do, who we are called to be, what we are called to portray to this earth, right? And like, it says love. And John, or Paul will go on to talk about in this in 14, he starts to talk about pursue love. Make it your aim. Like, don't look for anything else. Like, like look to love Look to love as the purpose. Love Yahweh. Love your neighbor. Unto love. And I believe that, that I, have, I have perceived tongues or, or, or other things or spiritual gifts as, as like something different than what it might be. So let's keep going in 14. Verse 2. This is crazy. So it says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So when we are praying in tongues, who are we speaking to? God. Who are we not speaking to? Men. But then it says, so like if you get the mental picture of that, we are, when we are praying in tongues, we're coming before God, we're speaking to Yahweh, and like, and we're approaching him at his table. We've talked about that. Like we, we are, we're building ourselves up in our faith, but we're also speaking mysteries to him. And like, look, if you, if you are here, which I can't believe this, but if you are here and you don't have a capacity for mystery, like if you if you if you are looking for if you get if you shy away from the mystery of the kingdom you're going to have a hard hard walk because this the culture we live in the united states the world all together is is like it it makes money off of the fact to, to keep you away from mystery. We don't like mystery as a culture, if we're honest. Like, like really, there's a billion-dollar industry called Google that literally allows you to just go, doo -doo -doo -doo. I know. Some of us use the thing called WebMD. Stupid. Because what I'll do is I'll tell you, oh, my child sneezed. Let's see what's going on. Okay, well, he might have the common cold or he might be dead tomorrow. What? Like, it is, like, seriously, like, the most ridiculous thing. Like, so much information sometimes is just not this great thing. But in the kingdom, there is, there is, like, there is, like, a, there, there is a, a need for mystery. And I think the sooner that we understand that this, this thing does not have to, we don't, like, we keep saying stuff, like, about, like, well, I don't know where we're going. I don't understand. Perfect. That's exactly where we should be. That's exactly where we should be. Again, backs against the wall, don't know what's happening. It puts it all on him. It gives it all to him. I can just love, I can just love him, walk in relationship with him and let him worry about the rest. That's an awesome, relaxing, chill thing. It really is. It's awesome. And like, the, like mystery, the, the great thing to me about Holy Ghost is he, he is like, if you got Yahweh, who's the father, and you've got Yeshua, who is the loving son, I think Holy Ghost is like the wild child that stole the Harley out of the garage and goes on a joyride. Like, honestly, like, Holy Ghost, like, you cannot say that you're walking in the, the, the anointing or the, or the power of Holy Ghost if you don't expect things to get a little bit weird. All right, it's one of the reasons why people, like Eva and I are swimming in the pool with our boys the other day at, at, our, uh, at our neighborhood there, and someone swims up, and they're talking to us, and like, what, what church do you go to? Oh, we go to The Rock. Nice, cool, okay. <laughs> like, because people don't understand, like, we, we are comfortable with the uncomfortable. 
Like, and I think that we're moving into a greater degree of that, uncomfortable, like what should not be right is left, left is right, upside down kind of thing. Like we love it. And I think that as we move into this time when we're at right now, like, and things seem a little crazy or whatever, or things are changing, like we should be jumping for joy because this is what it's always about. This is Holy Ghost. He is, he is dwelling within us. He's dwelling within this place. And you should expect things to get crazy and be awesome. And it should be wild and not tamed. And it shouldn't fit in a perfect box. And it shouldn't look like the church down the street. And it shouldn't look like what you can find going on anywhere else. Like it should be us. It should be Ben. It should be be Trisha, Eva, it should be any of you. Like this is, this is us. Like we're not trying to do or be anything else because we're led by Holy Ghost. And, and I think that as we build ourselves up in Holy Ghost by praying in tongues, like literally doing this daily, like when we activate this tool, this awesome thing, like that Holy Ghost is building up and he's getting stirred and he's saying, oh yeah, this is, it's about to go down like this is going to I can use this I can work with this and it says in Romans I believe that Holy Spirit is is on our behalf on our behalf praying with groans and things that can't be uttered with words like that that depth so when we're utilizing this gift of tongues when we're when we're walking in this anointing and and we're utilizing this power tool that he's given us not to get in someone's face and say you know get in their face and think that we're doing something kingdom related but understand that this is for us that this is unto love that there is a purpose in this that there's edification that comes at the end like we can walk in some awesome things I think it's so cool though it it, it will it will at times get a little awkward and (laughs) Chrissy I love Chrissy and Ben Stevenson like they are so so cool and they're part of us which is even cooler so like we're at this fight and I I'll tell you what I was way more hyped than I expected to be and I was way more scared than I expected to be because I'm like it's so my boy, Chris, up there, and I, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, you know, an MMA fight. Like, I've heard him talk about it. Like, Chris is, he's a beast. Like, he's, yeah, man, like, I can see him doing that. It's a whole nother story when I walked in there, and I see this, this, like, octagon, and all of these people, and the DJ, and all the, like, craziness going on, and it's like, you are, like, this is what I see on TV. This is crazy, and then I see Chris get announced, and he comes in, <laughs> And I'm like, oh my God, it is about to happen. This is going down. This is crazy. And I know all of us felt that way. I can't imagine like how Hope and all of you family felt. Like I was like, but I'm sitting there like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. This is going to be, this is cool. This is awesome. This is awesome. I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. But so like we all respond differently, but I'm like hyped. Like I'm like, let's go see. Come on, go. Let's go. Knock him to the ground. The pastor at the Rock of Bay County, thank you very much. Um, like, I'm like pumped. I'm like getting so hyped. And then all of a sudden, all in front of me, I hear, and I'm like looking up at Chrissy. I'm like, oh, dang, she went there. My gosh. Like, because she had, she had stirred herself up. And you see these guys are like, yeah, let's go. What is going on here? Like, and, and like, and, but she's just going for it, man. Like she doesn't care about the weird. She doesn't care because she's walking in this thing that she's been walking in, not just at that fight. Like it's not just because of the storm though. It's a good time to do it. But it's because that's literally what she walks in from a day-to-day basis. Like she, this is biblical guys. Like this, I'm trying to show you like, like it's not weird. The Bible's weird. Like we're not weird. The kingdom's weird. And like, there's so much here, like, that, that, but I want, us, I want us to understand, like, don't wear this as like, the, like I say a lot, like, don't wear it as a crown unto love. Like, there's edification here. So let's keep going. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So like, that's what I'm saying. Like, when we speak in tongues, when we are, when we are in our secret place, like when we are in that time with Yahweh, 
when we separate ourselves in a moment and we start to, to utilize this tool and build ourselves up in our faith, like, think about the impact that has in a moment when you come in contact with someone or a situation that you weren't expecting. When someone comes to you and says, like, I just lost someone, or I'm, I'm struggling, like, I, I need something. Like, there should be something built up inside of you. There should have been a, a, a steering wheel handed over to Holy Ghost that you had been doing the entire week, like, just building yourself up in, up, building yourself up in your faith enough to be like, I know exactly what to say and do in this moment to edify you, to lift you up, to be love to you, to show you the love of the Father who loves me because I walk with a power and the anointing of Holy Spirit within me. It's an amazing thing to do. But so like, so like what I want to say with that though is like that should be the goal. Like we should not be sitting there every single time like praying in tongues, like thinking that in, in a moment like the, the thing of praying in tongues is what's going to draw someone to you and what's going to work for somebody. In fact, quite the opposite according to Paul. Quite the opposite. It, it, in fact, he talks about it basically profiting man nothing. Like, it does nothing for someone else. If I got up here and all I did was pray in tongues, like, I think because we have such a capacity for the mystery, like, we'd probably be slain in the spirit and be like, yes, this is awesome and everything else. But if, if to someone who doesn't and is looking for something and needs something, that's not going to do it for them. Like, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't compute. But if I get up here because I've been in my secret place, I've been walking in this throughout the week, like constantly praying in the spirit and constantly building myself up in my faith. When I, when I step up here, I might be a little bit nervous. I might be like, oh, what do I say and stuff? But then Holy Ghost takes over. When you're in a situation and when, when we come in here, like if we don't look, I say this so many times, but don't look to me. Like if we as a people are praying in the spirit throughout the week, if we are in our secret place, it doesn't say, it doesn't say he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies a church. It doesn't say uh, the preacher who prophesies edifies a church. It doesn't say those who with a platform edifies the church, right? So like we, those, whoever, you, who speaks, who prophesies, edifies us, the family, the church, the gathering. That's awesome. Like, we, like I, I mean, it's, to me, this is awesome. Like, to me, this is so cool. It's, it's such, a, it's such a, a different, like, spin. And I, like, again, I know that we know this. I know that. I, I know, right? Like, I do. I'm, and I, and I, but I hope that maybe just bringing this to light, to highlight again what we're about and some of the things Yahweh, I think that, let me say this, I think the secret place is multifaceted and I believe that we have not even scratched the surface of some of the things that we will walk in. Like praying in the spirit is not the end. Praying in the spirit is not just Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is a whole lot more than just praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit is a tool and I'm trying to highlight and separate that for us to make sure that we understand as a people as we've come out of this transition and where we're at, some of the things that we hold near and dear and that what they're for, right? Because sometimes when you walk in such, an, uh, 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 such a um, revelation of what we have been able to walk in, sometimes things become just second nature. Things become just like we, yeah, we pray in the spirit. All right, y'all are weird, cool, like whatever, like walk away. Like, no, we pray in the spirit because this is in the Bible. And let me tell you why I do this. Let me tell you what I'm building up in my faith. And let me just tell you, like, it, yeah, it might seem a little bit weird, but so does about 70% of the other things in this book. Like, we are walking in the same thing. This is a tool, and you can have Holy Ghost. And, and, and I believe that praying in the spirit, like, yeah, it's a, it, it is, it is uh, proof. It, is, it shows up because, you know, you have Holy Ghost. But the thing is, is that Yeshua died on the cross for our sins, like that, the, and, and he sent Holy Ghost, like, in us. It's one of those things that I believe is in us, that he is with us. But sometimes for someone that's new to the kingdom, someone that even might say stuff like, use the language like, I, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, and we slam them by saying like, well then pray in tongues. I'm not saying we do this all the time. Some of us do. Uh, I'm just saying that like, like, 
but like to understand that this is a tool that let me help you activate some of these things. Let me tell you why I do it. Not just say, I have Holy Spirit, so I pray in tongues. Like, no, like, why? What is it? And I believe that it's always, it should always lead to unto love. It should always lead to edification. If you think about this, Holy Ghost was produced through love. Yahweh gave his only begotten son because why? He loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And Holy Ghost was sent from that to us. So I believe that everything that Holy Ghost produces, whether it be wild and crazy, whether it be weird and and a little bit out of the ordinary, but it is all unto love. It is to point back to the source. It should, it should lead to edification. <clears throat> and so uh, I want to jump over real quick to 14, verse 14, 14. And it says, For I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. And some translation says, and I like it better, says, but my mind is unfruitful. And so like, I think that we also realize like, I think Bill Johnson said, your mind is an amazing servant and a terrible master. That's really good. That's, that says that really well because like, it's just like Solomon, like in mentally in his mind there, like he, he, he could have easily freaked out in that moment, right? Like, but what praying in tongues does is shuts, shuts down this mind. And, and a lot of times for me, I can just only speak personally. Like when I speak in tongues, when I pray in tongues, when I'm in my secret place or whenever I'm just walking and I have that whole thing going on in me, sometimes it takes a little bit of time to shut this off. Like it's almost like an act. It's like that thing of Yahweh meeting me there. Like I take a step and then he eventually comes. Like he's, he's there, but he's coming at the same time, right? So like I feel like I, sometimes I step into this and I'm, and I'm you know, I'm, I'm there praying in the spirit and I'm, I'm, I want things, I, I, but like, man, you've got this appointment. You've got that. You've got to do this. This is pretty stressful. You got to make time in this day to get home and spend time for your, with your kids before they go to swim lessons. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I, but all the, all the while I'm praying in the spirit and then there's something that happens. And those that really activate this gift will understand this that there's a moment where your mind can just shut off. And sometimes it takes a little practice, especially with what we're in. But your mind shuts off and your spirit is activated. And I believe in those moments, it's, it's just a greater degree of, 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 of walking in the presence of Yahweh that he can take over and say, like, let me just deposit these things. Let me just unlock. Let me do some work inside here. Let me get this thing ready. And so, like, I, I think that, I think that it's important to understand that if you are in a time where things are just a little bit crazy and your mind is swirling, which is a lot of us, probably all of us, you know, like that there are moments where we're in that time, like praying in tongues is an amazing thing to shut that off. Might not happen right away, but it is, it is an amazing, amazing tool. <clears throat> and then finally, I heard this, this, uh, this said many times, as did you. I thank, my, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than all of you. <laughs> Apostle Paul, the man would, he loved that. He loved to say that. And the funny thing was, is as a, as a kid and being kind of competitive as I was, when Apostle Paul would get up there and say something like that, I was like, Pfft, I can, no, no, I can't do that. <laughs> like, you're right. Like, you're, you're good. Like, that's, that's not good. Because, I mean, if you ever caught him, you know, if you saw him walking around and you just, you spotted him, that sounds creepy. Like I was like spying on him, but I'm just saying, you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you'd catch him walking through the hallways or the gymnasium or you just walk by him. He was doing one of two things and that was either praying in the spirit or whistling and sometimes a little bit of a mix of the two. And it was, and it was just like, there's no way that I could ever compete with that. But, but the thing is, is, is what follows that is what I'm getting to and what we've talked about all day, which everybody knows. It says, yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. So I want to separate this for us. If you will stand with me. Uh, I don't know if we have any musicians left. If Emma, would you get on the piano or something? I, I know, yeah, he told me about it before, but if, if there's, if there's any, anybody that wants to step up on the piano, Emma, can you do that, or Samuel, or whatever, 
just for a moment. If you can't, then let's get that little thing going. Whatever. Um, but uh, but what I want what I want uh, to to say here today. What did what did I want to say? I got all caught up in that. But I want to separate the two, right? Like I want I want I want this morning for us to recognize something that's been such a truth for us as a people, as a gathering, as a body. Like I want to re-highlight and re-establish that in this house. And maybe you, to you, this is all like, again, like I could have just listened to a tape of Apostle Ball, and he probably could have delivered it better. He probably had such revelation on it, and, and, I, and I'm thankful for that. But I, I believe that there's a purpose, that there's a reason Yahweh wanted me to stand here this morning and has been putting it on my heart to speak about the gift of tongues and re-highlight what, it is, what it's important is to us and make sure that we never forget that this is not just a weird thing. Like, this is biblical. That we walk, in, we walk in things that might separate us and call us out, but that's like Chris has been bringing to us a lot. That's an ecclesia. That is the called out people. Like Yahweh desires us to, to meet him in these places, to say like, I'm not, I'm not worried how this looks. I'm not worried how it sounds. Like you can go and you can prove, but it's not even to prove. It's not even to show people like I'm right because I pray in tongues. It is unto love. It is unto edification. Like it is not so you get in someone's face and shackalack all day long, but it is that you get, you get in their face and you have the five words that they needed because you have lived in a time of, of secret place with the Father, that you walk in relationship with Him. Amen? Yes. Eva, Cheryl, and Steve. Sandy, if you guys would, could y'all come forward? I want to, um, I want to just give an opportunity as we go out today. Um, if you have, if you have anything that you need ministry-wise, healing, or you just want to come into agreement with someone, strike hands and say, like, I've got great things going on in my life. Like, this isn't all sad. This isn't, this isn't all, like, tough. Like, we, I know that things get tough, but there's also amazing, awesome things going on today. And sometimes it's just good to strike hands. And you can do that with the person to your left or to your right. If you want them to pray over you, that's fine too. And, and whatever. But I, I just, I, I, I feel these four right here this morning. Um, but as we go out, I just, I, if, you, if you have anything, again, healing, any kind of ministry that you just want these, these people to come into agreement with, please, you know, you can come forward as, as we go out. But Yahweh, let's lift our hands here. Yahweh, thank you for this mighty people. Thank you for the revelation that you brought before us and the revelation that you're going to bring after us. Thank you that we live in a day that we can rejoice and be glad in. Thank you that we live in a day where we can worship you unabandoned. We don't have to worry about being tethered to laws or rules or regulations, but we can just worship you and worship your name. Thank you that you are a good, good father. Thank you that, that you have put love in our hearts and joy and hope and ministry in all of us. Thank you that we're not looking for one person to give us everything that we need, but we completely give that to you that, you, that you have everything that we need and you have put everything that we need inside of us, that we can walk in a day of, of, of relationship with you. Thank you that you minister to us and that we can minister to you. Thank you for the gift of tongues. Thank you that we have this amazing tool through Holy Ghost to build ourselves up in our most holy faith. And thank you that above all that this is unto love to you and to your people. I pray over this people that we have an amazing week, that your angels go before us and keep us safe as we celebrate with our friends and family in a great day and an amazing time that we are independent, that we are, that we are free, not just because the United States of America is free, but because we are people that live under your rule, under you, and you have called us a free people. We love you, Yahweh, and we love to do your will every single day. Thank you for this gathering. Amen. Amen. Y'all have a great week. Again, if you have any, anything that you need, come up here and, 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 and meet with these people. Let them lay hands on you just real quick. Strike hands. Uh, we love you. Amen.